citizens, welcome to Beer Me a Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is the show where we arbitrarily score movies. It's arbitrary, folks. Calm down. It's so arbitrary. And if the score happens to match up with the Rotten Tomatoes, critical score, audience score, we gotta pound our drinks. And you should too, because you're a team player. Yeah, exactly. Be be part of the show. Uh, experience it live and drink when we drink. That's what friends are for, man. You don't just start pounding drinks all willy-nilly in your basement <laughs> while your wife is upstairs with your three children, and you do it like once or twice a week, depending on whenever Brian goes on vacation again or something like that. Listen, I vacation more than a president. Yeah, you do. This president. We should any, say. Any president. Most, well, maybe not the last. Not a political <laughs> podcast. Clearly, you're not a golfer. Most of my vacations are working vacations anyway, so I don't want to hear it. Fair enough. And you want to know what's better than a vacation, Brian? What's better than a vacation? Your birthday! Hey! Happy birthday to me! Congratulations on surviving another trip around the sun. Another year closer to death. Another year closer to be- Are you going to get cremated or buried? Do you know yet? I haven't really decided, but probably cremated. I'm not- I'm on- I'm on the fence. What are you going to do with your ashes uh, if you get cremated? Asking for a friend? I haven't even, I've barely gotten to the point of deciding I want to be cremated. You want to know what I want to do with my ashes? Subscribe to Patreon, new subscribers only. Chance to win Brian's ashes when he finally kicks the bucket. There we go. That's how we're going to get people in. That's a, we should put up a new tier for that. Come on. <laughs> we might have to. The tier eternal. <laughs> the tier eternal. I'm going to get turned into ash diamonds and sent to all of our patrons. Everyone on tier eternal. We're going to do one lucky winner, and you're going to be the one who actually gets to flip the switch to light that sucker up, that, that beautiful birthday boy, when it's finally time to <laughs> snuff his candle out. It's coming up. I'm going to have to subscribe, if that's the case. <laughs> For Brian's birthday this year, people got upset that you did not beer us a Power Rangers. Uh, I feel like we're out of Power Rangers at this point. You know, if they start making more Power Rangers movies, I will start beering them. If you have more birthdays, yeah. <laughs> that sounded like a threat. It might be. I don't know. Like a Power Rangers movie comes out, Dave immediately turns to murder. <laughs> Once it goes into pre-production, that's when I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> like, sure, we probably could have done the 30th anniversary special on Netflix, but it's not, it's barely a movie. It's like a long. Yeah, let's TV pretend like episode. all the other movies were movies too, Brian. Yeah, but at least that there were longer than 45 minutes. That's a good point. <laughs> For Brian's birthday this year, he has beard us all snakes on a motherfucking plane from 2006, right. directed by David R. Ellis. Not a famous director, not a fucking. He just is. Just, just David R. Ellis. I don't want to insult the man, nor reward the man. Well, that's fair. He's had an interesting career with his Homeward Bound sequel and a couple Final Destinations and this movie. Exactly. And Final Destinations, man, is it one or two with the, the log truck? That was one. Okay. And then is two the roller coaster? I no, think one's so. the airport. One is the airport, but... Uh, I think two's no. the log truck. I thought that was also in the airport one. Oh, man. I can't keep track of these things. Because There's the airport's just so many just ways that scene. you nearly die, but don't. <laughs> but don't. But then do. Those are movies. They are movies. What made you pick snakes on a plane? And let me follow that up with another question of, you are aware that you picked a plane movie when this episode is coming out on 9-11. What? I did? That was unintentional. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. This is a movie that I saw in theaters when I was like, early on in my movie theater career when I was working there. And... It kind of stuck with me because it was unlike any movie I'd ever seen before. And it was a lot like the movie we talked about last week, Cocaine Bear. That's very fair. It's just animals going batshit. Yeah, it felt appropriate, you know, uh, thematically with last week and with my birthday as a, as a movie that I enjoyed uh, almost 20 years ago. And um, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a solid pick. I had a ball <laughs> watching this thing again. I saw this thing in theaters, too. And my buddy who was next to me would not stop jumping out of his seat and yelling at the screen. And I've never known him to do this ever. Really? So he was having such a good time that it was infectious. A visceral reaction to the snakes. It was terrific. 
to the very real looking snakes. Yep. And he was sitting on the other side of this girl that uh, was in the middle that we both kind of liked also. So that was fun. And by the end of it, she was having neither of us because we were yelling (laughs) at a screen for most of the movie. That checks out. You want to just get into this thing? Yeah, let's uh, let's get right into it. Let's see what Ryder McStrikely has for us. <laughs> I don't even know. This movie's uh, a bit older now, so he might actually include a plot this time. We'll find yeah, out the hard well, way. I spent a little bit of time tell- scolding him after last week, saying, hey, let's get the plot details in there. Not so much of this as Dave calls it poster language. It was poster language. It was entirely poster language. I used. I actually used the phrase poster language in the retraining, so... I'm very happy to hear that. We're going to see how he does, and that's going to kind of sway my next week's pick, I think. Hold on to your seats, because we're diving headfirst into the wild world of Snakes on a Plane, starring none other than the legendary Samuel L. Jackson. That right there is some Roger Ebert bullshit, like introducing at the movies. <laughs> right? I was like, I've tried to stop Ryder McStrickley from doing this, but he won't. He's like, I need an intro line. It's gotta do- I have to do it. You could teach him, but you can't control him. <laughs> you can bring an AI to water, but actually they, they don't they like that. They shouldn't go near water, Brian. <laughs> this is one flight you won't want to miss. Trust oh, me, turbulence <laughs> has nothing on this roller coaster of reptilian chaos. Great start. Great start. Great. We are. This seems like a repeat of last week already. It does, but Ryder McStrikely does my favorite thing here when he actually is ready to get started. The way he starts off every single synopsis. Every single one. This has become a signature of Ryder McStrikely. Picture this. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Picture this. Sean Jones, played by Nathan Phillips, is just your average witness to a gangster's murderous rampage in sunny Hawaii. What are your feelings on uh, Nathan Phillips in this movie? He is certainly in this movie. I feel like the casting director put out a call and said, we need to find a guy who looks like he rides a dirt bike around alone and does literally nothing else in his life. (laughs) He talks about surfing, but we're not sure he knows how. We're not sure. We know he's a land boy. We don't know if he's a sea boy yet. We want Kirkland's signature 2016 cook. Absolutely nailed it. But a little more quiet. We don't want him to steal a a single scene. And like a foot shorter, at least. At least. But wait, there's more. FBI agent Neville Flynn. You can't say, but wait, there's more. And not get excited, man. But wait, there's more. Billy Mays here with snakes on a plane. If you call now, we'll include an extra plane with double the snakes. Maybe he was the cocaine bear all along. (laughs) The real cocaine bear was the Billy Mays we met along the way. (laughs) He actually does fit the description pretty well. He nails it. He's a round, hairy boy. Yeah. And he loves cocaine. Loved cocaine. He loved it so hard. (laughs) He loved it so much that uh, it was the last thing he did. (laughs) Has that ever been confirmed, by the way? I just assume. I don't want to know the truth. I don't want to know that, like, he had pancreatic cancer. That's a downer. That would really bum me out after making the cocaine joke so many times for so many years. He was so sweaty talking about glue and shit. And, like, OxyClean. Like, there's no way. There's only one way to get that excited about white powder. There's no way. I bet he was awesome to hang out with, though. Just snorting OxyClean. (laughs) FBI agent Neville Flynn, played by Samuel fucking L. fucking Jackson, and John Sanders, played by Mark Houghton, swoop in, (laughs) ready to whisk Sean away on a plane to Los Angeles for the trial. He's their star witness, and people are after him. They sure are. And uh, the second agent, he's a guy, and Samuel L. Jackson's like, that is the hardest motherfucker I know. And I'm like, well, then he's not long for this movie, I bet. Nope. He looks like a combination of um, Fred Astaire and Clark Gregg. That's not a bad combination, weirdly. Weirdly, but he doesn't look like like a tough guy. Not even a little bit. He looks like he could dance and maybe assist in assembling the Avengers. I bet he could help assemble the Avengers. I just hope he leaves Nathan Phillips out or else everyone's going to fucking lose. 
Yeah, the dude is not a Captain America. He is not much of anything. Apologies, Nathan Phillips, if you're a listener. This is not going to go well for you. This might be the most likely person we've talked about to lead a movie that could be a listener. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the sickest burn you could actually put on the man. It is. It's his favorite show to listen to while he's riding his dirt bike and literally doing nothing else with his life. (laughs) So now he's got to testify against this uh, gangster. Simple, right? Well, hold on to your butts, because this flight's got a few unexpected twists. That's beautiful, Ryder McStrikely. Absolutely right? beautiful. Got a Samuel Jackson quote in there and everything. Enter Eddie Kim, played by Byron Lawson, the mastermind gangster with a snake fetish. I don't know if it's a snake fetish or if it's just a kill everybody fetish. He's very good at murder, but he's not very good at not getting caught. We'll get there. Uh, it seems like he's incredibly guilty at literally everything that he does, and everybody knows that he's incredibly guilty, including a lot of strangers about to get on a plane. Yes. And yet he still walks the streets, a free shirtless man. He must have been president. <laughs> Not a political podcast. <laughs> but yeah, he's he is walking around shirtless an awful lot and just, you know, treating people like pinatas. Exactly. Like, strangers know his reputation, and that's probably not great. Or a great sign if you're a gangster, I guess. I mean, it's good marketing, but it's not like he has, like, one of the cool, like, New Jersey gangster names, like, hey, I'm Eddie the Fish Fucker. Why do they call you the Fish Fucker? Because <laughs> I fuck people with fish. Why would you ask that? <laughs> I thought it was pretty self apparent, self evident. I know words. <laughs> not great with words, but you know what I am great with? Fucking people with fish. I'll do it, man. I'll do it. Blub, blub up your butt. What? Blub, blub up your butt. That's a catchphrase if I've ever heard one. Put it on a shirt. This is the Beer Me a Movie merch store for blub, blub up your butt shirts. (laughs) This is why uh, you don't drink before you drink, folks. So Eddie has a plan that involves venomous snakes, and it's not for a kid's birthday party. Uh, Ryder McStrikely, have you been to kids' birthday parties that feature venomous snakes? Dude's never been invited. Clearly. We just brought him to life, Brian. Give him some time. (laughs) Well, he just assumes that venomous snakes, oh, where do you find those? Kids' birthday party. (laughs) It's a logical leap, I guess. I don't know why I just thought of, like, Sean William Scott with a tranquilizer gun. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like something else you'd also find at a kids' birthday party, of course. 100%. So mid-flight, that crate full of slithering menaces pops open like a twisted Pandora's box. Chaos erupts as the snakes start claiming their newfound territory. First to go, a cat in the cargo bay. Talk about bad luck. It's a good attempt at a joke there, Ryder McStrickland. I appreciate that. It was a good try. I have so many questions about these snakes, and we're going to get there. I have like a million questions about these snakes. I like that there was a guy helping load the plane of luggage. And he was like, I've got the one that's got the guy on it. And instead of just killing the guy, he's like, I'm going to spray these lays with pheromones. I like how he's on the phone discussing what he's doing with the pheromone spray. (laughs) Well, otherwise, how would we know? You're right. We're all fucking idiots because we did pay money to go see a movie called Snakes on a Plane. (laughs) I'd do it again, too. Fuck you, pheromone guy. Yeah, fuck you, pheromone guy. Your exposition dumps. On me? I got a fish with your name on it. (laughs) Blub, blub, motherfuck. Pacific Islands Airlines employee X with your pheromone spray and your exposition Cleveland steamer. You can get right out of here. Whoa. (laughs) There was a lot there. (laughs) But let's not forget the pleasures of the Mile High Club. As a couple's intimate escapades end up with an unexpected third party. Of the deadly variety. This is Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, I texted you while I was watching this and said, you're a real asshole, Brian. And I don't (laughs) even know if you remember that he was in this movie, because I did not. I had zero idea, but there he is, John Carter, joining the Mile High Club. He finally got some. He finally did it. Unfortunately, it did not end well for him. No, it was going swimmingly for a while, and then it really went downhill fast. It took a a quick turn. And just when you thought using the restroom was safe, a snake's there to remind you that privacy is a luxury on this flight. It's not. 
this plane's enormous, man. You could find a place to go anywhere. It's huge. And there's like, why is there nobody on this plane? And why are the lights on so bright? It is the brightest red-eye flight that's ever existed. Guys, I don't think this movie's accurate. <laughs> Something about this movie. It just feels off. Story-wise, I guess we'll get there. Have you ever been on one of these planes that has two stories? No. As far as I'm concerned, they don't actually exist. It feels a little bit extra. I've also never been on a plane that had uh, two aisles, so. Oh, no? Not like the weird middle seats that are even more awkward than a typical <laughs> middle seat would be? It's like, I hate a middle seat, but imagine being in the middle middle seat. Fuck that. The only time I was ever in a middle middle seat was on my way back from London in 2010, I guess it was, and they bumped me up to business class. I don't know why. I rarely fly. And yeah. there was a very fabulous steward who repeatedly kept coming over to me with wine, asking if I would like some. And man, I got blasted. It was fantastic. <laughs> Middle row blasted. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I just passed out drunk after a while. And uh, yeah, quick flight. You weren't going for the Wade Boggs number? <laughs> with a wine? Yeah, sure. Keep it classy. <laughs> uh, I think all flights should be required to tell you their spaghetti policy before you get on. <laughs> Maybe the trick is I need to take more international flights. I'll get bigger planes. That might do it. Yeah. I am convinced that the couple next to me on that flight did Mile Hyatt, though. I'm convinced. Convinced? They were both gone for a while. Or they both had the same bad shellfish. It could happen. I've seen Airplane. I get it. It's a snake-induced blackout as the critter sabotage the plane's power. What else could go wrong? Well, I'll tell you. You know the pilot? Well, he's out of the picture, struck down by a viper when investigating the power outage. Talk about a deadly encounter with the worst kind of in-flight entertainment. I don't think it is. <laughs> and I say that because I'm someone who's ridden on the New York City subway many a time. And oh, if yeah. any of those people were ever stuck in a giant tube in the sky with me... It would not go well. Could you imagine halfway to Denver and somebody stands up and just like, can I have everybody's attention, please? And you're like, oh, <laughs> fuck. He puts the boom box down. His friends jump up from all sides, start dancing. Have you ever seen those clips about like the Jesus lovers with the guitars and shit that start playing uh, in the aisles? Yes. I want to send them to heaven with me on that <laughs> flight. Let's get on a plane. We're going to meet the big guy. That would be my nightmare. <laughs> Just you on a plane full of them. Oh, man, that's my personal hell. <laughs> They're all singing to you. That's when I know I like I died in the terminal before I took off. <laughs> yep, that explains That'd it. That'd be the moment. The entire time, like, they're playing their music, but we're also circling an airport due to fog yeah. or something like that the entire time. <laughs> oh, I've definitely been final destination, haven't I? And the only movie playing is Black Panther, but there's a line across the screen, so you can't fully enjoy it. Because, <laughs> yeah, I've been in that situation. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. Not a small screen movie. No, not even close. But don't worry. Claire, played by Juliana fucking Margulies, and the flight attendants are stepping up to the challenge. This is her last flight before retirement. She makes a big point of saying that before she gets on the flight. So you're like, oh, oh, we got somebody to pay attention to. I like the way they do that. They're like, this character's important. I mean, there's six people in this movie, realistically. <laughs> yeah, so, realistically. I mean, and she's one that we know as an actress. So, yeah, that's fine. Let her <laughs> do her thing. That's a name I recognize. She's probably important to the plot. Yeah, let her flirt with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, somewhere along the way, it turns into a, did they, didn't they? Not a will they, won't they, a, a did they, didn't they? Because there was no buildup. It just, it was like, um, what's going on here? It just was like, they survived a traumatic experience. And they're like, yeah, that's good enough, I guess. We're not going to get a better meat cute than this, right? How'd you guys meet? Well, there were these motherfucking snakes. <laughs> explaining that to Samuel Jackson. because like, but dad, I thought you were the motherfucker. So Claire and the other flight attendants are not just serving drinks and snacks. They're fighting to keep passengers alive amidst a reptilian rampage. Talk about a new spin on customer service. They're still going to get one stars out the ass. Let's face it. They're still going to be like, 
I'm cold. The fan's blowing too much air on me. Not even that. I've read a lot of Amazon one-star reviews. <laughs> See many an episode in the past. Yeah. Most of these reviews coming off of this have been like, oh, customer service was fantastic, but there were a lot of snakes on that plane. One star. She literally saved my brother's life, but he was bitten by a snake. One star. <laughs> she literally sucked the poison out of my brother's arm, and he's going to live a long and fruitful life, but he won't ever pitch again. One star. Meanwhile, Special Agent Harris, Bobby fucking Cannavale. I forgot he was in this movie. I had no idea he was in this movie. Even while watching this movie, I forgot he was in this movie. Like, they introduced yeah. him, I went, hey, that's Bobby Cannavale. And then he came back, and there went, is. hey, that's Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> oh, he's still in it. They're still doing stuff. Special Agent Harris and snake expert Dr. Price, who's played by Todd Luiso, who's a person. Yeah, whoever that is. They're like guardian angels from the ground. Sure. Even though they're in a helicopter most of the time. Are they? <laughs> yeah. They are almost exclusively in a helicopter, I feel like, in this thing. I disagree. I feel like there's a lot of scenes where they're... They start in, off in a car. In and cars? Talking, and the doctor's just like, you know, they're pretty boned up there, right? And he goes, you're going to fix it. You're going to get me the antivenom. He's like, I literally need to know what every single one of these snakes looks like individually to get the right antivenom. He's like, ah! Then they go in a helicopter. They go to hell, but they eventually they, they find a guy who is a, a snake person in L.A. It takes them a while to go to the snake guy, and uh, they find the, the list of snakes. So that's good for them. They do, as a lot of people are getting bit, and they're trying to barricade these snakes that have somehow overcome an entire level of this plane. Like, the cargo <laughs> hold is underneath the plane, but all the snakes come out from above somehow. Somehow. But they're not in first class, which is upstairs. Correct. <laughs> With Harris's determination and Price's snake smarts, they're determined to outwit these serpentine saboteurs. Ooh, I like that. that just I got me turned that. on a little bit. Now, back on the plane, it's survival of the slickest as Flynn and the passengers barricade themselves in the front using luggage as their last line of defense. Who knew your suitcase could double as a snake barrier? A little PSA here. It can't. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't try this at home, kids. Even the co-pilot, Rick, played by David fucking Kettner. Yep. I, uh, again, the only person I remembered was in this movie was Samuel L. Jackson and Keenan Thompson. They were, those were the only two I remembered. When I saw the opening credits of this thing and it said David Kettner, I was like, what does he even play in this thing again? Right. And then he shows up as a pilot and he's sexually harassing him. And I went, there he is. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> With that but charm he that he has. It's so odd. He's so oh charming. god! It's such a weird character trait. It's like he's so slimy. I uh, need you to be super sexual harassy, but also charming and endearing. He's like, oh, that's my whole thing. Actually, I can do that. That's literally all I do. Even the co-pilot Rick isn't spared. Let's just say it's a bad day for anyone with a fear of snakes. Me, me. Thank God these are all CGI. <laughs> <laughs> like blatantly CGI. <laughs> they didn't even try though, and that's what I appreciate most about this movie. That's what you appreciate about it. I set you up for that. I feel good. Yeah, you you did. Um, you should see how short my shorts are right now too. There's a line in this movie <laughs> that I absolutely love, and it's uh, Agent John Sanders when he's getting got by the snakes. He says, "I have ophidiophobia, beat fear of snakes." <laughs> We didn't need the second part. It was pretty obvious what your fear was of. I mean, what else could it have been there? If he's like sitting there and he like says like I have a phidiophobia or whatever, and there's the beat, and then he goes, Fear of bald black men. <laughs> well, Jack's like standing over as he's dying, and be like, that's a twist I wasn't ready for. These snakes work together for now for this years. racial awkwardness that just happened. <laughs> I have a fear of falling down the stairs in a plane. That's so specific, though. They're, you Like, you have to be on the plane with the stairs. Yeah. And as we've learned, that's more rare than I thought. <laughs> that's why you have to explain what ophidiophobia is. Have you ever been on one of those planes where you load in from the actual tarmac? Like, you go up the stairs like you're a goddamn president? Yeah. Really? I have gone through that, yes. Oh, I'm so jealous. I want that. Little, little puddle jumpers. It's usually, like, very small planes that they have to do that with. Those are the ones that, that crash all the time, right? Um, 
No. We're going to go to our, our plane experts. Uh, Buddy Holiday, what do you think about it? Are oh, you going to ask Leonard Skinner? Who are you? And Stevie Ray Vaughan? That's a good bunch to have there. They're going to chat wow. it up and let us get back to us about right. that. Well, bye-bye until you get back to us on that. <laughs> just going to drive my Chevy to the levee while we wait for an answer. You leave Don McLean out of this. He's alive. I understand what the song's about. Move on. <laughs> Don McLean's a fucking treasure. Yes. I don't disagree with that. And don't even get us started on Rick's, shall we say, hormonal behavior. Even Ryder McStrankly clocked this guy as a hashtag me too. Yep. And just when things can't get crazier, Flynn's finally had enough of these slithery stowaways. And he says as much in his most famous line of all time, which was actually added to the movie because of parody accounts of this movie saying, I bet you the line from the movie is going to be, that's it. I've had it with these motherfucking <laughs> snakes on this motherfucking plane. I think my favorite thing about this line is how he delivers it. Because it's out of nowhere. It really is. He says, that's it. I've had it with these motherfucking snakes, this motherfucking plane. And then he poses with a gun, all Charlie's <laughs> Angel style. And then they cut away. And good on the continuity person, because Samuel Jackson in the cutaway stole the gun up. And then he just holsters it. <laughs> They did five days of reshoots long after this movie was completed to add that. Worth it. And a few other things, but mostly that. I get it, man. I completely get it. The movie's called Snakes on a Plane. Butts are going to be in seats in those theaters no matter what you do. Exactly. But you just raise the, the stakes in the game. Ugh, I love it. This is, I think, one of the first instances of the internet changing something in a movie before it's released, like Sonic. I dig it. And I'm glad Sonic changed what they did because yes. it was weird. It was very weird. <laughs> Armed with this trusty pistol and an audacious plan, Flynn shoots out the cabin window, creating a snake vacuum that would make any janitor proud. Who needs a broom when you've got a firearm? Do not show that to Republicans when you're talking about school shootings. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he would talk about arming the teachers this whole time. We should be arming the janitors. Like, I want to make so many jokes right now. I legitimately don't know if I can. Yeah. Due to taste. We don't want to be. Um... This is weird. I've never been, like, stopped in my tracks before of, like, wow, we found the line. I can't believe it happened. Here we on can't Brian's be. birthday on 9 11. I was going to say, we can't be <laughs> insensitive during our 9 11 snakes on a plane episode. <laughs> wow. They, they have it, everybody. This is historic. We've done it. We found the line. And just when you think it's all over for South Pacific Airlines Flight 121, with the giant hole in the side and no pilot, in steps Troy, played by Keenan fucking Thompson, the unlikely hero with flight experience. In video games, that is. He owns it, man. The confidence sure is does. just emanating from this boy. I like that it's his uh, his buddy Three G's who's like, I know who can land this plane, Troy, and Troy's like, I guess, and he's like, wait, yeah. There is so little pushback by him. Like, <laughs> I mean, you got a chance to fly a really really big plane, or you're probably gonna die. Like, the chances of you dying are through the roof right now. You might as well get behind the the wheel of this thing. <laughs> this famous rapper is like, you know who could fly this plane? My bodyguard and old friend Keenan Thompson. And Samuel L. Jackson immediately pivots to Keenan and is like, Can you fly? He's like, I've got my, my twenty thousand hours or whatever it is. It'd been awesome if you have like Sinbad with his big collar in the back row and his big afro going, Don't let that boy behind the wheel. <laughs> I can't wait for Good Burger too. I was gonna say Cal Mitchell pops up and he's like, Guys, the snakes are afraid of orange soda and starts spraying them. Dibbity, 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 dibbity. Whoa. <laughs> Who ordered all the snakes on this plane? These are weird, slithery green french fries. <laughs> Does Kel hate snakes? I do. I do, I do, I do, I do. Ooh. Crossover we don't need nor deserve. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> snakes on a good burger in a plane. Slap some strings on Abe Vigoda. Bring him back. <laughs> I just got a little bit bummed that he's not going to be in Good Burger 2. You don't know that. There's a lot of really, really good puppeteers out there. 
I guess I'll just wait and see. <laughs> They're going to have to raise the stage up like they do at Sesame Street just so someone can get their hand up Abe Vigoda. <laughs> I would be okay with just a Muppet version of Abe Vigoda in the movie. We kind of do have movie. one. He, he both reminds me of Waldorf and Statler. I was going to say, yeah, he's definitely sitting up in that balcony being all judgy. I would take just a Muppet Abe Vigoda as a Waldorf and Stadler making fun of the movie. Kind of like a Mr. Science Theater 3000 thing? Yeah, like just cut it every once in a while to Abe Vigoda going like, why am I here watching this stupid movie? That's the only thing he says on repeat? Yeah. um, (laughs) We'll probably get like a real writer on it or like an AI. We can't. We can't do a real writer. Strike. That's where Ryder McStrikely comes we in. We know someone. We got a guy. With a bumpy landing that defies the laws of physics, Troy just might be the passenger's ticket to safety. Anti-venom, heroic deeds, and a landing that can only be described as unique. That's the recipe for surviving this unforgettable flight from hell. And let's not forget the surprise ending where Flynn finally catches some waves <laughs> with Sean by his side in Bali. I like how this is just... Moving right along here at the end. They're like, yeah, the movie's trying to wrap itself up. Who knows <laughs> what we've been through? We've been through like three or four montages of snakes just biting people. So it's time to like, you get it. You get it. The movie's called Snakes on a Plane. We made you wait a half an hour to get those snakes on the plane. The snakes are now off the plane. So I don't know. Wrap it up. We got to land this thing. Also, I love how they found the snake importer exporter, Mandalay Snake Industries or whatever it is. I'm not quite sure what he does. He's yeah. the one who has all the antivenom. That's presumably where they got all the snakes from. Right. And he's in California. She's like, oh, there's no snake dealers of that magnitude in Hawaii. Which means that they shipped all of these deadly snakes to Hawaii. From LA to Hawaii. Just to get them back again. To put them back on a plane to send them. Yeah. Wow. I never considered that, but that's commitment. It sure is. Like, you really, really, really want to have to kill someone to do that. <laughs> And how do you organize that so quickly? Because they presumably got this flight like off the ground the next day to get the dirt bike dude to LA to testify. Yeah, Did he just, I like, imagine have a snake guy just ready to go. He must have just had that contingency plan already. Like, all right, call up the snake guy. He's got to ship the snakes out tonight because we got to get him on a plane for the first flight in the morning. Not even. I think they sent him the same night because it was a red eye. I can't believe we found a plot hole in snakes on a plane. Well, we already know the airplane's not airtight because there's a giant hole shot in the side of it. That's a very good point. Apparently, if you just level out the plane, you're good. (laughs) That's all you got to do. Just uh, level it out, PlayStation style. That's what they should have done in Gravity. Just level out the spaceship or something like that. Exactly. Sandy would have been fine up in space then. So whether you're afraid of snakes or just craving some high-flying drama, Snakes on a Plane delivers a thrill ride you won't soon forget. Buckle up, folks. It's a reptilian roller coaster that'll leave you gasping for breath and praying for safe landings. It's fantastic. It's so much fun. The movie tells you exactly what it is, and then it delivers on that. Yeah. They almost changed the name of it, but Samuel L. Jackson was like, you better not. I signed on to this movie because it's called Snakes on a Plane. To like Flight 121 or something like that? Something like, yeah. Much worse title. <laughs> not going to work at all. Uh, story motivation. Five? Right down the middle? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, you got a guy who witnessed a murder. The gangster's trying to get him killed, but he doesn't mind putting sending the whole plane down in the process. Uh, But he does it in the stupidest way possible by putting a bunch of snakes on a plane. This movie is like Fettuccine Alfredo because literally no one's ever gone to the Olive Garden and been like, I want Fettuccine. And they're like, oh, cool. Fettuccine Alfredo. Like, no, fuck. Just Fettuccine. I'm craving some sweet nudes. I just need buttered Fettuccine. Everybody wants the Alfredo sauce on some sort of pasta vehicle. Correct. And I feel like snakes on a plane knew exactly what it was doing. We want some snakes to do some crazy-ass shit, but we need a vehicle to do it on a literal one, a plane. <laughs> Tells you exactly what this thing is. We well, gotta put these danger noodles on a vehicle. Done. Fettuccine Alfredo of a movie. Five, right down the middle. That That is a five, if I've ever heard one. It's a good description. Fettuccine Alfredo of a movie. Casting. Samuel Jackson is Samuel Jackson. He's pitch perfect for this kind of thing. Juliana Margulis is in this movie because they needed someone else. Yep. Yep. Nathan Phillips 
Nathan Phillips exists as a human He's going to lose a point. <laughs> Nathan Phillips is still out there to this day, so they say. <laughs> now, everyone else in this movie is completely fine. There's literally no one special outside of Keenan and David Koechner, probably. Yeah. I'll go with a Bobby six. Cannavale. I forgot six. about Bobby Cannavale. Again. Again. <laughs> and don't forget Taylor Kitsch and his steamy bathroom scene. And that bathroom he got was some. a huge, huge airport bathroom. Airplane Gigantic. bathroom. Gigantic. But this plane is also ridiculous in terms of That's true. size. Next up is the protagonist. It's got to be Agent Flynn. Yeah. I mean, you got the guy who saw the murder, but like he doesn't do anything. He just sits in a seat the whole movie. He does. It's upstairs, nice and cozy, completely safe. And then you have Agent Flynn who kind of runs around with a stun gun, occasionally hitting snakes. He uses a <laughs> some sort of fishing spear at one point because he found one. Yeah, Sam, we're going to need you to run down the fuselage and just tasering in random places. And we'll just CGI in the snakes afterwards wherever you decided to tase. It's a good strategy. It looks hilarious. <laughs> it sure does. I love Samuel Jackson. He gets an eight. Yeah, he does. Next up is the antagonist. I don't think that it is Eddie Kim by any means. It's the snakes on the motherfucking plane. It's the plane. snakes. Uh, without Eddie Kim, though, the snakes are just snakes. They're very henchy. I hate snakes. I hate snakes <laughs> so much. And the thing about this movie is that they're all so blatantly CGI. Yes. That you get to have a good time with it. There's no actual fear behind it or anything like that. You get to just be along for the ride. Samuel Jackson actually had a uh, line in his contract that he was not allowed to be within 25 feet of a live snake while filming this movie. I love it. That's fantastic. It's a smart move. I don't like snakes. It's It's got to be a 10. Got to be. A 10. Through the roof, but uh, perfect villain, just (laughs) a shitload of snakes. The worst, yeah. Next up is screenplay. There is one allegedly. John Heffernan and Sebastian Gutierrez uh, wrote words, and they were delivered. And then the internet wrote a few too, and they got added to the movie too. Big old three. The TV version of this movie has the line hysterical. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane, and I think that deserves a bump. Absolute bump. That is, put it in the Louvre, really. That's a perfect (laughs) line. So good. Four for screenplay. Let's talk about the style and tone. Blatant CGI. Completely blown out of proportion airplane. Yes. Pretty neat deaths. Yeah. The humor in this movie, it's not like you get with other action comedies where there's people playing up the hyuk hyucks. It is, everybody's playing it completely well. Most of the people are playing it completely straight in this movie. There's a few people who didn't get the memo, but I think that's a bold move and just let the insanity of the situation bring the comedy. I kind of want to go with a six. It's yeah. above average. It is above it's average. It's the lower end of above average. And then there's like one sight gag in the whole movie that absolutely kills me, and it's when the uh, the flight attendant puts the snake in the microwave and hits the snake button. Brilliant. Love it. Absolutely love it. And you'll miss it if, you, if you're not looking for it, but it's so good. Six for style and tone. Let's talk about the director, David R. Ellis. He got gifted a title, and he ran with it. He went crazy with it. He does a pretty good job with whatever he has here. There's proper suspense. There's comedy. There's horror. Yeah. He kind of had to cover a lot of different bases with this thing, and I think he did a pretty good job. Another six. Another six. I like that. A little slightly above average. Good job. Next up is the music. Trevor Rabin. The Trevor Rabin. So the music in this thing, whenever things got intense, reminded me of Nicolas Cage about to steal the Declaration of Independence in National Treasure. It got to that little level of, like, bouncy goofy. Which I think is appropriate. It kind of is, but it kind of isn't also. Like, even when it gets really scary, you're still like, okay, the stakes aren't that high because it's still a goofy, I don't know. I thought it was totally fine. Like, it worked it's enough. crazy to me. And it's funny that you say National Treasure because he did do the score for National Treasure. Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a four. 
Okay. Yeah, it's, he did the score for National Treasure, Con Air, Armageddon, and this. Those are his like his big ones. Armageddon bump. Five. Armageddon bump. I like it. He could stay awake. Does he Don't want to close his eyes. <laughs> Next category is box office. Uh, this movie had a $33 million budget, which is actually $3 million less than Cocaine Bear. And I think it did more with it. I completely agree. Uh, opening weekend, it, it beat out the current top of the box office, which is Talladega Nights in its third week. That movie was top of the box office? Yeah, Talladega Nights. Uh, wow. In week three was, was finally dethroned by snakes on a plane. That is a good summer. And uh, it's actually... <laughs> Third place that weekend, World Trade Center. <laughs> I can't believe that came back so quickly. Right? That went full circle. Wow, weird. The movie ended up making $62 million on the $33 million budget, which is 188%, which is a six. Respectable. Not bad. There's a place for this movie, and yeah. it's in some of our hearts. Some. Slightly better for one week than The Ballad of Ricky Bobby and The World Trade Center and Accepted, Little Miss Sunshine. Accepted was up there, too? Except it was fifth. It came out the same week. What a time to be alive. It didn't, doesn't look like it was a very big weekend for the movies because Snakes on a Plane, number one, the box office, only made $13.8 the weekend. So Yeah, that's a pretty quiet week. The final category is impact on the industry. When did Sharknado come out? Sharknado came out in 2013. I don't think any of those absolutely batshit movies come out without this movie. Yeah, I think this had some influence from things like uh, Anaconda um, was the one with the big shark. Not Jaws, but the other one. The other one. <laughs> but I think overall, uh, this thing really blew open the doors for the straight-played, insane animal, whatever you call it. Caper. Strictly for entertainment, really. Not, not a caper. Strictly Very much for is not a caper. Nothing's being stolen yeah. at all. <laughs> I think that the impact on the genre is not nothing. That's for it's sure. not nothing, but I also think that this is the first movie that really let the internet have its say on something that should happen within the movie, which has opened the door for a lot of things, like your Sonics, like Morbius, your Snyder Cut, your Snyder Cut. This movie kind of emboldened the the internet fanboys. That's terrifying, isn't it? But it's a huge impact. I'm gonna go with. I, I can't believe I'm gonna say it's a seven. A seven. I think it has to land a little bit on the higher side because yeah. of that. Yeah. That is going to give Snakes on a Plane a total score of 63. Jesus. I just literally opened another drink thinking we were totally safe. And then you <laughs> said 60 just a little too slowly, and my heart leapt. We are safe. Okay. Whew. Not by much. Because critically, this movie scored a 69%. Audiencely, this thing scored a 49%. Oh. Which is surprising. It must not have lived up to the hype of the title. I'm not sure if that's totally the case, because since it is your birthday, I did go on to Letterboxd to pull a few reviews. Yes. This is a two-star review, and this is from June 25th, 2020, so he's sitting there all alone in his home, surviving a pandemic. He's like, let me go watch a Snakes on a Plane to feel something about my life. <laughs> you know what this situation calls for? He said, if somebody asked me what the Bush era felt like, I'd show them this movie. Wow. Not inaccurate. That's Not <laughs> inaccurate. Here's a one and a half star review from February 1st, 2021. Why was everyone so horny? <laughs> there was an unnecessary level of horniness. Maybe those snake pheromones. I don't know. Maybe they got turned on by the lays too. Maybe just the word lay. Ding, ding, ding in their brain going, I know what that means elsewhere. Oh, yeah. I am going to get laid. Actually, you know what? I bet you a bunch of people on a flight to Hawaii, uh, a red-eye flight to Hawaii, there's going to be some horned upness on there. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's your last hurrah before you get home from paradise. <laughs> it's probably not like a Murphy bed coming out of the bathroom or something like that. And Well, it wasn't that big. That's fair. <laughs> And the last one I have is a four-star review from August 29th, 2023, which is days ago. Can't was, believe that. Yeah, only that. a couple days ago. Shocked it wasn't Spirit Airlines. <laughs> I feel like if you tried doing that with, a, with an operational airline, you'd have a 
lawsuit on your hand. 100%. Also, totally worth it. But Spirit actually might might like the <laughs> it's advertising. The one. <laughs> Brian, this was a fantastic pick. I'm so happy it wasn't Power Rangers this year for your birthday. <laughs> happy, happy, happy birthday, bud. Thanks. I'll give you one year off from Power Rangers, I guess. I appreciate it. If uh, anyone from Saban is listening, uh, don't. <laughs> Just fucking don't. Don't you fucking do it. Oh, it's coming. It's going to happen. <laughs> but like all good things, my birthday too must end. So I got to ask you, Dave, for next week, you got to beer me a movie. So I said a couple weeks ago that Davy Boy was about to get let off the leash. And we're going to talk about some movies that I want to talk about. Oh, boy. And I have a pretty good entry level to getting into some of the tomfuckery that I want to do a little bit. I want people to get out of their comfort zone. Watch different things. Find an appreciation for something new. Yes. And maybe we'll start with something that people have heard is really, really good, but have never watched so much. Oh, no. And also, I want to test Ryder McStrikely to the absolute max. I I think I see where this is going. I feel like the most appropriate way to test him is to talk about a movie <laughs> that really fucks around with time quite a bit. And there's a man Jesus. named Christopher Nolan who's really, really good at fucking around with time a lot. So next week, we're going to be talking about the 2000 movie, Memento. <sighs> Thank God, I thought it was going to be Citizen Kane. Absolutely not. I can promise you that will probably <laughs> never, ever come up on this show. All Maybe. Right. Probably. Almost definitely not. Memento will be a lot of fun, though. Oh, it's really going to test Ryder McStrikely. It's the ultimate metal. test of Ryder McStrikely, man. It's the ultimate yeah. test. That's fun. That's a good pick. Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Send us your movie suggestions for next month's listener pick. I always say next month accidentally, but this month, it's still this month. It's still this month. Stop living in the future. It's now, buddy. Live in the now. Try to live in the present. Send us your suggestions for this month's listener or next month's, you know, like if you're not feeling lucky. It is a living list. You don't have to keep updating your picks every single month doesn't get picked. We'll hold on to it for you, baby bird. And if you're a patron, we'll let you get two. Are we calling them baby birds now? Um, Next production meeting. Let's discuss that because I like okay, that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Join us on Patreon this month so you can get your, your double picks for your for your picks. Say the word picks one more time. And um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get you an exclusive episode later on. And we don't know what it's about yet, but it's, it's going to be good. We know that. You can email us your picks, questions, or comments to BeerMeMoviePod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media, at BeerMeMovie, on all the things, and at BeerMeMoviePod on Twitter, because... Even though it's crashing and burning, the people who own at Beer Me a Movie still have not given it up. But definitely follow us on Facebook because that is where we put up a post when we record asking for your questions and comments. And of course we have them for this movie. Of course. Oh, of course we do. Donnie, he's always in his element. He asked, what other animals would you rather not see on a plane? I feel bad saying this because I used kangaroos last week, but... Kangaroos on a plane would suck. That would suck quite a bit. And I don't want to go like insects because bees would be awful. But bees I think a plane. just birds in general. Just a lot of fucking birds would suck. Most animals on a plane, I, I don't think I would want there. But sometimes you get that really cute puppy who's like yeah, poking oh, his head yeah. out. And I was like, that's a treat, really. More than anything. Look, listen. Dogs on a plane sounds like my ideal scenario, actually. That's what Airbud's about, right? Airbud 7. He's flying now. <laughs> they just give up. It's no worse than what the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise is doing. Yeah, it's about family. It's about dogs in strange situations. Since when is this about family? Where was the pivot? Yeah, there's your basketball reference for you Air Bud fanatics. I know what I said. <laughs> there you go, Dottie. Most animals would suck on a plane. Anything but dogs. Jeff Miners wants to know, if you were to compare this movie to a fast food burger, he's a patron. That's specific. He said, which burger would it be? I abstain. It's fettuccine Alfredo. It's fettuccine Alfredo. Um, I would say... It's less of a fast food burger, more of an in-flight burger. Ah, don't eat that. 
That was in a microwave and gross. Repackaged to be, uh, yeah, they used the snake setting to reheat it. Michael Carlstrom wrote it and he said, happy birthday, Brian. Aw, thank you. We need you drunk more on the show. Epic episode when you were. You already thanked him. I said too much too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stay tuned for Christmas again this year, folks. Bill Mulligan wrote in. He said, if Brian was traveling and there was a snake on the plane, what baseball hat would Brian wear? Folks who have never seen Brian, which is a lot of you, uh, he is known for his minor league baseball caps. What baseball hat would I wear? um, That that question's got layers. Yeah, it does. I don't think I have any snake-related hats. I do have a pterodactyl hat. That's the one. That's the one. It's pterodactyl because they're in the sky. Well, they're dead now, Brian. But yeah, they formerly. Yeah, we got it. All right. Also, I don't trust pterodactyls. That silent P has never sat well with me. That's fair. And also, I did an entire presentation on pterodactyls in fourth grade and called them pterodactyls, and no one fucking corrected me. Well, it sounds like you have something personal against the, the silent P then. I think I might. Personal vendetta. And that's vendetta <laughs> with a silent P at the front. God damn it. <laughs> and because it's our show. Mike Lanham wrote in and he said, wed, bed, behead, fear of oh. snakes, rats, spiders. Okay. Jeez. I would behead a snake in a fucking heartbeat if I was able to get close enough to it and mm. not be terrified. I have snakes in my house and I've had to do some horrible things to them and I hate it every time. Uh, there's a lot of noises that come out of me involuntarily. Sure. And I don't like it. Squeaks and squeals. A rat is really just a big mouse. I take care of mice all the time at my house. I agree. That's easy to do. I think that's probably the easiest of the three. That's probably your wed. I guess you bed spiders. They got eight legs, man. Eight legs. You don't know what they could do with those things. (laughs) Like a lot of people think it's exotic to use their other hand to jerk it. And it's like a spidey. It's got seven other choices. That's exciting. What all them hands do. Exactly. Uh, Look for that shirt soon in the store, I guess. And the last one we have, Christian Bard wrote in. He said, I desperately tried to think of something with at least a modicum of wit to write, yet I failed. I shall go trace the buffalo now. Christian, pour one out for Brian for his birthday. Everybody, thank you so much for writing in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us again this week. Brian, do you have anything else? I do not. I might have to join Christian in that tracing of the buffalo. Everyone should always trace the buffalo. We're going to see everybody next week for Memento. See you then. <laughs>